sports fans, it's time for... SEC Smothered and Covered. With Bleacher Report's SEC lead writer, Barrett Salee. Here on vSporto. And welcome into episode 46 of SEC Smothered and Covered here on the vSporto Network. My name is Barrett Salee. Thank you very much for listening, even though it is the offseason. It's never a dull time in the Southeastern Conference. We're going to talk about the coaching carousel that never seems to stop spinning. Damian Craig, former Auburn quarterback, Auburn wide receivers coach, going to LSU in the same capacity as the wide receivers coach. We're going to hit on that from an Auburn perspective with former Auburn offensive lineman and current host of the Cole Kublick show, Cole Kublick on WUMP and 730 a little bit later in the show. Also going to hit on that from an LSU perspective coming up. We'll also play ruling on the field. But first, the coach that never seems to stop giving, Jim Harbaugh on Twitter, firing back at the SEC and Greg Sankey's opposition of Harbaugh hosting one week of spring practice at IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida with this magical tweet. Talented magicians are masters of deception. They divert attention with one hand to conceal and deceive with the other hand, and then links a Detroit Free Press article that basically says the SEC. It's a bunch of whiners. God, I love Jim Harbaugh. I love this man. I absolutely love the fact that he is willing to stir stuff up. He is doing a fantastic job at Michigan, obviously reeled in a great recruiting class headlined by Rashawn Gary, and he is not backing down. He is poking the bear consistently and in a way that is fun. This is not some coach going off the rails and losing his mind every now and then. This is fun. This is off-season. This is keeping not only his program, which is his job in the news, but also keeping the SEC in the news. And honestly, I think from a national perspective, he's on the right side of this in terms of where the majority of the country stands. I'm not in that majority. I said last week on this show that he should not be able to have spring practice at IMG Academy for a myriad of different reasons. And if you want to look through the archives and listen, you can on vsporto.com. But the vast majority, I think, does view the SEC as whiners. So Jim Harbaugh is taking advantage of that. He recognizes that and is going to keep that conversation going because it benefits him. Not only does it benefit him, it benefits, I think, the Big Ten. I think it benefits everybody else not affiliated with the SEC. And for us, that means more stuff to talk about. That means more columns to write. That means more segments on radio stations to talk to to fill and and all that good stuff and keeps us employed and my kids got to eat that's good but how Jim Harbaugh I love him you know he's a weird guy not many coaches uh say the things that he says not many coaches um approach his job in the same way not many coaches have their phone number on their Twitter profile did you know you could do that you could call Jim Harbaugh right now if you wanted to 734-646-2583. It is on his Twitter profile. Also, his email address is on there. Coach Jim Harbaugh 4, the number 4 at gmail.com. Like, literally, he has his personal email address on his Twitter profile. I love that. Keep it coming, Jim. And I hope somebody from the SEC fires back. 
at this week of spring practice at IMG Academy because keeps football in the news, keeps headlines going, and that's a good thing for all of us. Elsewhere, the big news this week, Damian Craig, former Auburn quarterback. I would say it's safe to say to call him a legendary Auburn quarterback. Was wide receivers coach, co-offensive coordinator, which is just a title at Auburn. Uh, Taking the same job at LSU, and we're going to hit on this from an Auburn perspective a little bit later, not only from myself, but Cole Kubelik, former Auburn offensive lineman, as well as uh, of 730 WUMP in Huntsville on the SEC Network. But I want to hit on it from an LSU perspective because this is a home run hire, not from a football perspective. Look, Damian Craig's not going to make a huge difference in what happens in 2016 on the field. Les Miles is still in the hot seat. He's still got to win. I don't think Damian Craig being there is going to matter really that, that much at all. Nor is it going to really impact Auburn, for that matter, with Damian Craig's absence, because Cody Burns can coach wide receivers just fine. But if both programs keep their head coaches, it's a huge shift of power on the recruiting front. Because you're taking away one of your rival's biggest recruiters, best recruiters, in a year in which they've already lost four other assistants, one of whom was Travaris Robinson, who was one of their best recruiters in South and Central Florida. And for LSU, you're making a statement not only to Auburn, but to Alabama, to Georgia, to Florida, to Florida State, that things are changing a little bit on the recruiting trail. Things are changing that will probably benefit LSU. Because you look at what Damian Craig is as a recruiter. He's one of the best in the business. One of the best in the business. His all-time commit list reads like an all-star team. Jameis Winston, obviously, is the most notable from outside of Birmingham, Hueytown, Bessemer, whatever you want to call it. Going to Florida State, he credits Damian Craig for a lot in his career. Chris Casher for the Florida State, he's at a mobile. Trey Williams at a mobile to Auburn. Nate Craig Myers just this year from Tampa to Auburn. Kyle Davis from Lawrenceville, Georgia to Auburn. Look at the Georgia kids that he's recruited. Nick Ruffin, Calvarez Bissent, Darius Slayton last year to Auburn. And think about some of the mobile kids as well. Eli, or Eli Stowe from Niceville, Florida, Panhandle. Justin Thornton from Mobile, all along that coast. You're talking about a guy in Damian Craig who recruits Alabama very well, recruits the Panhandle very well, and recruits Georgia well. This is not just an Auburn problem. This is an SEC problem. Assuming Les Miles keeps his job, and assuming Damian Craig keeps his job. If he does... LSU is not going to be a team that just cleans up in Louisiana and then cherry picks elsewhere. Louisiana or LSU could be a team that really makes a legitimate impact in a footprint in an area where they've had some success, but they haven't really had to have a ton of success there. But I think now Les Miles realizes having a little bit more success there comes at a direct, uh, it impacts the rivals as much as it benefits the Tigers. So huge news for LSU, getting Damian Craig on board for the 2017 recruiting cycle.
because that's where this is going to pay off the most as long as everybody's still employed. From an Auburn perspective, it's tough. They lose Tavares Robinson. Now they lose Damian Craig. Those are the two that I think stand out because of their recruiting standpoint or recruiting prowess. Robinson in South and Central Florida, Craig for Alabama panhandle of Florida and Georgia. But people are going to try to paint this as some sort of indictment of Auburn that they've had five assistant coaches leave. Look, Will Muschamp got a head coaching job. Of course he's going to leave. Travaris Robinson got a promotion to be defensive coordinator. Of course he's going to leave. Herb Hand is an improvement from J.B. Grimes as offensive line coach. So throw those three out. We're talking about Lance Thompson siding with familiarity with Will Muschamp rather than the same role at Auburn with the new boss. Don't blame him one bit either. And then we're talking about Damian Craig. I think in the coaching industry, as well as this industry in the media, your alma mater is far too important to fans. But in reality, it's a non-factor. And I say this from personal perspective. In our business, I don't care where I went to school. I want to be right. I'm loyal to me. I want me to do my job great. I don't care if that means saying my alma mater sucks or saying it's great. does not matter. And for coaches, they want career advancement. They don't care where they went to school. Now, obviously, it helps that they can speak specifically to a school that they went to, knowing traditions and histories and personal experience, whatever, all that, of course. But they want personal advancement. They want career advancement. And Damian Craig was stuck in a rut. Damian Craig looked at, it, looked at this situation and thought, man, behind Rhett Lashley, who's the offensive coordinator, Rhett Lashley's stock really hasn't written, uh, risen. Gus Malzahn is obviously not going to change the way the offensive staff is structured in that regard. What am I even doing here? No upward mobility from where he was right now at Auburn. And so if he's going to be on a staff that's coaching for its job, which both LSU and Auburn's are, why not go to LSU if the, if the opportunity presents itself? Why not? You, you get a different perspective. You learn from different people. You put a different school in your resume that may or may not be attractive to whoever down the road. I get it completely. That's all it is. It's not a sign of Auburn crumbling. All these teams that have coaches on the hot seat, LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M, they all got to win games. Cody Burns is going to be able to coach wide receivers at Auburn just fine. If they win games, that's all that matters. Everybody's happy. Most people probably still employed. Joined now by my good friend Cole Kublick of WUNC 730 in Huntsville, as well as the SEC Network. Cole, of course, a former offensive lineman for the Auburn Tigers, and who better to talk Auburn football than a guy who knows it front and back. Cole, what's going on? Not much, Barrett. How are you? Doing well. Uh, panic on the plains, it, should se- it seems anyway, after Damian Craig departs for LSU to take a wide receivers coach job in what is obviously a lateral move. Um, your thoughts on, on Damien's decision and really what it means for Auburn, because he is the fifth, uh, offensive or fifth uh, assistant coach to, to leave after the end of the season. Is there a cause for concern, uh, at Auburn and with Gus Malzahn? Well, there's always cause for concern when you have staff turnover, because I think staff continuity is extremely valuable because it's rare. 
in college football. Uh, Damian in particular is going to make more noise because he's a letterman. He's a guy that was one of my teammates at Auburn. He played well. He's all SEC, won the SEC West as a quarterback, which is a high-profile position. And he's an elite recruiter, so that's going to hurt. And he'll be replaced with Cody Burns, who cannot recruit the same way that Damian can. He's a Mobile product, played at Blunt High School, and he's recruited Mobile well, whether he's been at Auburn, Florida State. Uh, and he'll probably do the same at LSU. So you lose a little bit of presence in Mobile. You lose an elite recruiter in Damian Craig. So from that perspective, yeah, it's, it's, it's a negative. But I don't think hitting the panic button is appropriate just yet. I think you look at the numbers of guys who have left, and that's one thing that's becoming very alarming. But to me, I take Will Muschamp, I take Traveris Robinson, and I say, that's a head coaching job in the SEC. That's a defensive coordinator job in the SEC, coaching under the guy who's groomed you and will basically be your co-defensive coordinator. It's a great situation for T-Rob to go begin to groom himself to be a head coach in the SEC one day. Uh, I think J.B. Grimes wanted to coach with his son. I think Gus Malzahn's wanted to bring Herb Hand in for a while. It's a better fit for him personally. So you look at some of the moves, and Lance Thompson, in my opinion, wasn't going to come back either way. I think he mm-hmm. and Gus Malzahn just didn't necessarily see eye to eye. And I think that relationship was going to split up whether things went good or bad this year. That's just my opinion. So I'm not completely alarmed by it. It's not good. I don't like it uh, as an Auburn man. But at the same time, I think fanatics have trouble separating the business of college football coaches. And it's big business. And these guys have egos, and these guys are calculated, and – these guys have wants, needs, and desires that can't always be met. And Damian Craig might have wanted to have, have more involvement in offensive play calling. He might have wanted to work with the quarterbacks or whatever it was. Uh, you know, he feels like he's going to be able to get that at LSU. I think there's three reasons that guys leave. I think it's happiness, I think it's money, and I think it's opportunity slash title. Those are the three reasons that I think assistant coaches leave one area and go to another one school and go to another. Could have been all three a little bit with Damian Craig. A mixture of all three. I don't really know, but you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna point the finger and say that there's this relationship issue with Damian and another assistant, I think you gotta do yourself the justice to look at the other side of that and say, Well why couldn't Damian be an adult and get along with one guy on the staff and better the team that he played college football for? He's not a traitor. Uh he's not selfish. He can be a bit of a me guy. He's got an ego and that's one thing that makes him great, made him great as a player. But at the same time, this is a business. And also, Barrett, I think fanatics have a really hard time grasping the lack of loyalty from coaches when it's the school that they played for. I've never met a guy that said, boy, when I grow up, I just want to coach linebackers at Auburn. Or, man, (laughs) my dream dream job is to be the offensive line coach at Alabama. Or, boy, if one day I could just coach running backs at LSU. That's not a real thing. These guys no. all have aspirations to climb the ladder. They want to be coordinators. They want to be head coaches. And you've already played there. You don't care as much about coaching there when you played there. You, you've accomplished what you're going to accomplish at the highest level there unless maybe you're a head coach. So I think those letterman, that letterman loyalty, so to speak, is not anywhere near as strong as fanatics think it is or want it to be when it comes to assistant coaches. I compared it to uh, like this, and tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, in our business, in the media, we're loyal to ourselves as well. I don't care where I went to school. I want to be right. I, I don't care if it's picking for my, my alma mater or against my alma mater. I want to be right. And I think the coaching industry, it's the same, in, the same thing. You're loyal to yourself. You're looking out for yourself. Damien's looking out for Damien. He wants to look out for what's in his best interest. 
and I think that's very comparable to to what we go through as members of the media. Sure, I mean, I, you know, if if, I, if someone calls me up right now, I'll give you a perfect example. When the ESPN media rights from ES for SEC television moved over, and, and ESPN acquired the TV rights for all the SEC football games, I was doing the replays for CFS for six, eight, ten Auburn games a year. Had a blast. Yeah doing it, learned a lot, great experience. Andy Burtzman and I had a lot of fun doing it. We were traveling to some road games. I do the Georgia games with Matt Stewart and Buck Blue. I do the Bama games with Chris Stewart Tyler Watts. A lot of fun. Enjoyed it. You know, Arkansas game with Jimmy Dykes one time. I mean, it was just it was a great experience. But when ESPN took over those games, there was one pay-per-view game left that IMG Sports and the Auburn Network had the rights to. I got a call from a guy at CSS, and he said, I'd like to offer you the Sunbelt package. How many games? Twelve. Well, I... Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, not over, I'm not overly concerned with being the Auburn guy. I want to be a college football analyst. And anyone knows 12 is better than one when you're looking for reps and trying to get better and gain experience. And I had some people that gave me a lot of negative feedback for that. What's his problem? How could he do that? How could he turn his back on Auburn? And some, some people just aren't going to get it, but you're right. You have to do what's best for you. If you think something's going to better your career and give you a better opportunity for advancement, you're going to do it. It's just reality. Yeah, and and on a on a side note, RIP CSS because uh, SEC tonight and the games you did and the studio show that I worked on were were fantastic programs and they should be still in existence. But I'm not bitter or anything. Uh, and Cole, you know, going going forward with Auburn, you know, look on the field, Damian Craig's move to LSU is not going to make much of a difference, but. Uh, it's f- fair to say, and I've said this all offseason, eight and four probably keeps Gus around, depending on how offense looks, depending on those eight wins, and depending on those four losses. You know, if they're not just complete disasters, fair to say? Yeah, I don't. I hate playing that game, Barrett, and I get asked this all the time, mainly on Twitter and some of my radio mm-hmm. show. If Gus wins less than nine games, he's gone. Or how many does Gus have to win to stay? Or you know, and I, somebody asked me something the other day. And I said, I don't think it, it, I don't think there's a number you put on it. He said, oh, so they just need to be competitive in every game. And I just responded, so if they go 10-2, beat Alabama, get blown out by Georgia, and have a close loss to LSU, you're going to fire him because he wasn't competitive in every game? It's not a real thing. So the whole yeah. has, to win, has to win eight. I mean, he could win seven to beat Alabama and Georgia competitive in other games. Probably going to be the coach the next year. So sure. I think it has, to, I think it has more to do with perception and direction than anything else. Does the fan base perceive things to be going the right way? Is the perception of the team heading in the right direction? And it, it does the direction look as though it's going north and not south? And if it looks like it's continuing to go south, I don't care what the record is, J.J. might make a move. So I, I think it's all about, yes, being competitive, but the perception of where this team is in the landscape of the SEC West, the SEC, and the landscape of all college football, and then the direction of the team. Are things headed in a positive direction? And it's if you see those two things going where put yourself in J.J. Jacobs' shoes as an athletic director, you think that's the way it should be headed, then Gus Malzahn's going to keep his job. I, I, I don't think you can – to me, it's silly to put a number on it because if you miss that by one or two numbers, it's, it, it could go the opposite way, the same direction. So I just, it's dumb for me to label that definitive this many wins or has to be in every game or has to beat Alabama. You're telling me they go 11-1 and one, lose Alabama and he's going to get fired. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, last thing, Auburn get a huge commitment with uh, linebacker T.J. Neal from Illinois. 109 tackles, 14 tackles for loss last year for the Illini, Illini, a graduate transfer, middle linebacker. 
His 14 tackles for loss are one and a half fewer than Auburn's entire starting middle linebacker or starting linebacking core last year. So that tells you how a good this kid is and b how woefully underachieving last year's group was. Uh, how big is this for Auburn in that defense under Kevin Steele? Well, you know what we would say on Cube Show to those tackles for losses again too. So, but well, that's true. No, it, it's not that. It's an absolute joke, and uh, people who listen to the show would understand. But uh, mm-hmm. he's an active linebacker. He understands the position. And what Kevin Steele will get is a guy immediately that has instincts, experience, and understands how to play the position. He'll get someone who physically can step in and you know be prepared right now. And Kevin Steele's going to want multiple linebackers to play on the field at the same time, play different positions, move around. And I think experience is going to key and there's not a lot of it on that roster they're limited and they only signed one guy coming in out of spanish sport who i'm not real sure is going to be ready to play right away anyway so in trade threat so i i think it's a great pickup um you know they, they wanted the catalina kid to come in and play tackle also so that's why they saved a couple scholarships and missed on him he's going to georgia uh but this offer defense gets a big bump right away uh, from someone who understands how to play big boy football, understands the linebacker position, and has a boatload of experience. So he'll take less coaching and should be able to give you the same kind of production going into the first season under Kevin Steele at the D.C. Well, Cole, I appreciate you hopping on SEC Smothered and Covered. I'll talk to you every Wednesday on your show. And uh, good luck this uh, offseason. It's going to be a busy one. It certainly seems like it's uh, picking up steam on the planes. I'm going to need it. I appreciate it, Barrett. As we do every week here on SEC Smothered and Covered, it's time to play a little game we like to call ruling on the field that's where we take a few hot topics in the world of sec football and rule on them like a replay official would in a football game and since this apparently is the damian craig hour of the show we're gonna keep that train going with the first point of ruling on the field damian craig is the biggest position coach move this offseason in the sec nothing against damian craig he coaches wide receivers fine but the best position coach hire this offseason in a runaway is Torian Gray at Florida, the new defensive backs coach of the Gators. Torian Gray, this is a guy at Virginia Tech, was lights out consistently and effectively for 10 years, 10 years, a full decade. The Hokie defense gave up just 185 passing yards per game for a decade. That's the second fewest passing yards per game over that stretch in college football. That was according to Florida's release. This is a guy that sent guys to the NFL. This is a guy who, regardless of style, regardless of team, regardless of quarterback, whoever, consistently found ways to produce secondaries that were elite, are elite. And Florida's will be elite. Even without Vernon Hargraves and a host of others that departed out of that secondary in 2015. It's not even close between Torrey and Gray and anybody else in the SEC. As far as position coaches go, it's like hitting a home run, a grand slam, lining them back up again, walking the bases loaded, and hitting another grand slam. I mean, it is not even close. And when you look at what Florida is in terms of what they need... They had Vernon Hargraves essentially locking down one side for about two and a half years. Once people realized early on as a freshman that Vernon Hargraves was legit, people just stopped bothering 
They just didn't even bother testing him. Of course, there were a few exceptions. Amari Cooper in 2014 probably being the most notable, but they don't have Vernon Hargraves anymore. They do have Jalen Tabor, and Jalen Tabor is very good. But Jalen Tabor has been very good as a number two. It's a big difference to be that good being a number one, and he's going to have to to take a huge step forward, and Torian Gray is the right guy to do it. An unbelievable hire by Jim McElwain. He deserves a ton of credit for that hire. I think it sort of fell, you know, flew under the radar because it was announced either on National Signing Day or the day after. I can't remember exactly when it was. I think it was the day after. And people were still sort of in full-on recruiting mode. But Torian Gray is going to be an absolute monster in Gainesville. People aren't talking about that. You should. He's going to be fantastic. Next up, Nick Chubb will be a Heisman finalist. Sorry, Nick Chubb, nothing against you. You have everything it takes to be a Heisman finalist based on the current state of heisman ease. I mean, you look at Derrick Henry. Nick Chubb can do that. Nick Chubb has done that before he got hurt. But I don't think it's going to be the same this year for Nick Chubb. Not him personally. I just think Kirby Smart and Georgia are going to want to be a little more cautious with him. He can carry it 30 times a game. You probably want to keep him at 20. And that's, you know, that's, you've got Sonny Michelle. You've got Elijah Holyfield coming in. You sort of want to ease Jacob Eason in and sort of transition the offense to be a little more dynamic. I think Nick Chubb, when healthy, and I think he will be healthy this year, has everything it takes to put up the kind of season that Derrick Henry had last year when he won the Heisman Trophy for Alabama. After the injury, though, that's just not worth it. It's not worth it to consistently ask that of Nick Chubb. There will be a time, or two, or five, where Nick Chubb is asked to carry the ball 30 times a game. And he'll do it. Probably successfully, even after the surgeries. But it's not going to be one of those things where he's getting the ball 30 times a game consistently. I just, I think if you're Georgia, you have to be a little more cautious. You have to take care of your best player a little better um, than, or a little more carefully, I would say, not better, a little more carefully than, um, than you were before he got hurt because you don't want him hurt again. If you're Georgia, do you want Nick Chubb 30 carries a game for nine games or 20 carries a game for 14, perhaps more? The latter, of course. Everybody would say that. Last up, Florida's quarterback battle will be all but decided by the end of spring practice. Further review, the ruling on the field stands as called... Ruling on the field stands, and it's going to be Luke Del Rio. I don't necessarily know if they're going to name a quarterback after spring practice, but I do think that it will be pretty obvious after spring practice that Luke Del Rio is going to be the guy. Nothing against Austin Appleby, nothing against Felipe Franks or anybody else, but I remember talking to Jim McElwain last year, and Destin, they were trying to get Luke Del Rio eligible. It didn't happen. Obviously, he sat out because he transferred from Oregon State. They wanted him in 2015 over Will Greer and Treon Harris. Didn't happen. But he knows the system. He knows what's expected of him. 
think the coaching staff has faith in him. And folks down there, if you talk to people privately or even publicly, will tell you that as the year went on and really, you know, spring practice, summer, you know, camp, fall camp, whatever, into offseason workouts, consistently he's been the guy that just feels right. So I think you're going to see that this year in Florida spring practice. I think you'll see him at the Orange and Blue debut really take uh, strides towards winning that job. And it will be apparent that Luke Del Rio will be the starting quarterback for the Florida Gators, even if Jim McElwain doesn't come out and officially say it. And honestly, I don't even expect him to come out and officially say it because you want your new freshman, Felipe Franks, true early enrollee, to feel like he's got something to prove this summer and even into fall camp. You want Austin Appleby from Purdue to keep fighting in case something changes. Maybe there's an injury or maybe Austin Appleby sometimes, you know, somewhere down the road, it clicks in the new offense and he comes out guns a blazing in fall camp. So I don't think Florida will actually name a quarterback, but it's going to be pretty obvious that it's going to be Luke Del Rio. And that'll do it for this edition of SEC Smothered and Covered here on the Vsporto Network. My name is Barrett Salee. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Cole Kublik of WUMP 730 in Huntsville and the SEC Network for hopping on and discussing Auburn. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Enjoy your week. We'll see you next week here on the Vsporto Network.